Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Saturday, August 21st. And the five-game featured slate that gets going just past 7 p.m. Eastern time on DraftKings. There's actually three different featured slates with how the MLB schedule sort of lays out on Saturday. We've got an afternoon slate, we've got a slightly later afternoon slate, and then we have the evening slate, which again is five games. That's where we're focusing for the DFS conversation. However, when it comes to bets and prize picks, we will be touching on that afternoon session. Actually, let's start with some prize picks. If you head on over to prizepicks.com and use the promo code MMN, MLB, you can have your first deposit matched up to $100. So make sure you do that. And then if you so choose, tail me on my two favorite plays for Saturday's prize pick slate. And we start with Jonathan Scope, who I like to go over six and a half fantasy points against Hyunjin Ryu and the Toronto Blue Jays on Saturday afternoon. Now, there's not a lot of analysis needed here. Scope has simply been dominating left-handed pitching for the entirety of 2021. He actually came into Friday with a 1.033 OPS and a 180 WRC plus within the split. And those numbers have been consistently amazing since about the middle of May. So this is a really, really nice spot for Scope who should be hitting near the top of Detroit's order on Saturday. As for Ryu, has not been looking the sharpest as of late. He's actually not had the best season overall, if you go by his expected ERA, which is well over four. But in his last two starts in particular, 11 earned runs for Ryu. So we're not getting like 2018, oh my God, no one can hit Hyunjin Ryu version of Hyunjin Ryu. This is more average to slightly below average in his last two starts. So I think Scope's in a nice spot. Six and a half isn't a huge number, so I like him to go over six and a half fantasy points. The other prop I like, also an over, Luis Robert to go over six fantasy points in his matchup with the Tampa Bay Rays and Luis Patino on Saturday afternoon. Now, if you really want to dissect Patino's numbers... This might not be the best spot. He's been much better pitching at the tr- at the trop, as a lot of Tampa Bay pitchers have been so far this season. He's also been much better against right-handed batters than he has been against left-handed batters. So maybe, if you want, he's got a 407 opponent Woba to lefties. You can use Yoan Moncada, whose fantasy point prop on prize picks is 5.5. But I like Robert. Robert is on fire right now. He has got a 184 WRC plus since being activated off of the IL. Now that doesn't count his two hit performance on Friday. So he's just been unstoppable so much so that Tony La Russa had to augment the White Sox lineup recently and now has Robert hitting second. So I think we get five plate appearances. Even if Robert isn't able to do this against Patino in particular, I think he gets it done against a Tampa Bay bullpen that is still very, very injured right now and is not the A-plus version of the Tampa bullpen 
we are used to seeing. So I'm going to take Luis Robert over six fantasy points and also Jonathan Scope over six and a half fantasy points on prize picks. Okay, let's talk about this five-game slate. So again, gets going at 7.05 p.m. Eastern time, and it's a slate that lacks pitching depth. It lacks lacks depth in general. It's a five-game slate, but there's not a ton to like about sort of the mid-tier and cheap pitchers. So I think one thing you're going to have to do, and everyone's going to do it, I'd be shocked if his ownership wasn't above 50% on this slate, but you kind of have to use Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, He has by far the best matchup on the slate. We saw Chris Sale, you know, go through five scoreless innings against the Rangers on Friday. He could have done more if the game wasn't completely out of hand and if they didn't want to be safe with Chris Sale. But Eduardo Rodriguez, his past six starts have been the best six starts of 2021. He's got a 308 ERA. He's got a 2.27 FIP. And he's got a 36.3% strikeout rate in that span of time. He's really only had one poor outing in that whole six-start stretch. And it was against the Toronto Blue Jays in Toronto. So not exactly the best matchup for Erod. Everyone else, he has dominated. And I would expect that to continue against a Texas team that is the lowest WOBA in baseball against left-handed pitching. I mean, Erod's only given up two earned runs combined in his last three starts. So at $9,500, again, he's going to be popular. He's going to be chalky. But I think you use him as the SP1 And then you try to differentiate yourself with that SP2. Now, how much differentiation can you get on a slate this small? Well, you can take some risks and do some kind of crazy things. And maybe, maybe that'll get you the leg up in a GPP. So, kind of crazy thing, option number one, J-Hap. We're going to talk about J-Hap in a positive light for the first time since we started doing these videos. It took till August 21st before I had a nice thing to say about Jay Happ. So, here we go. Since being traded to the Cardinals, Happ has thrown 16 and two-thirds innings, he has a 1.62 ERA, and he's held opponents to a 251 WOBA. Now, because he's Jay Happ, his ex-FIP in that span of time is 5.42. So I'm not ready to say, oh wow, Jay Happ's fixed. He's good again. That's not the case. However, he's easily pitching the best baseball he's pitched so far this season. And the matchup on Saturday is about as cupcake as you can possibly get. Pittsburgh so far in August, coming into Friday's slate. A 102 isolated power, that's dead last in baseball. A 58 WRC+. That is also dead last in baseball, and they have a 309 slugging percentage, which is 30 full points lower than any other team in the league. The Pirates can't hit, and while I'm not sure J-Hap can pitch, and while I'm also not sure I want to spend $7,600 on J-Hap, I think he's viable on Saturday because of how bad the Pirates are. So, as crazy as it sounds... I think you can use J-Hap. Crazy thing you might want to consider, option number two. Zach Gallen in Colorado. So Gallen is a really interesting case study for 2021 because he was great to start the season. 
He got hurt a bunch of times, and he's not really looked like himself since he came off the IL. Still, despite a 5.03 ERA for the season, he has a 3.98 expected ERA. He's struck out 10.7 batters per nine innings, and he's got a career strikeout rate hovering around 27%. So for as bad as Gallon has been, for as much as you would expect him to continue to be bad pitching at Coors Field on Saturday, he brings almost as much upside as any pitcher on this slate. And at a certain point, with so few options, upside, it means something. It, it's worth going after. And Gallon is not short on strikeout upside and upside just in general. So $7,200 He's been bad. He's pitching at altitude. I don't think anyone's going to want a piece of this guy, but I would highly recommend in GPPs going after Gallon because he has the potential. Maybe it's only 20, 25%, but he has the potential for a 25, 30 DraftKing point outing on Saturday against the Rockies. All right. We've talked about some crazy stuff. Let's get back right onto the chalk and talk about the Red Sox stack that everyone's going to use, but rightfully so. On Saturday. So Jordan Lyles, his last six starts, 7.46 ERA. Opponents are averaging 3.6 home runs per nine. They have a 418 Woba in that span of time. It's left handed batters in particular who are doing the damage against Jordan Lyles. Last six starts, those same six starts, lefties are slashing 333, 414, 765 off of Jordan Lyles. Do the Red Sox have any good left-handed bats? Yes, they do. They have many good left-handed bats. So Rafael Devers, $6,000. Not the easiest guy to fit into a lineup, but if you're using Hap or if you're using Gallon, it becomes a little bit more possible. Uh, I think the best play is Kyle Schwarber, who's $4,500, is hitting cleanup now against right-handed pitching for the Red Sox. And despite not going on a rehab assignment after getting off the IL, he's been on absolute fire since returning to the Red Sox, or I guess not even returning to the Red Sox since being welcomed to the Red Sox after being traded from the Nationals. And then you have Alex Verdugo, who's a really nice value play at $3,500 with Schwarber now in the lineup. Verdugo has been dropped down to the sixth or seventh spot most days against a right-handed pitcher, but at that price point, He's still a very, very nice option with a huge platoon advantage against Jordan Lyles. So those are your three main left-handed bat targets. Maybe Jared Duran gets into a lineup, probably hitting eighth. You might not want to use him in that capacity. You can use J.D. Martinez, obviously. You can use Xander Bogarts as well at the top and in the middle of that Red Sox lineup. But I think those three left-handed bats in particular are your main targets on Saturday's slate. Okay, before we get out of here, Let's talk about some best bets. And again, we're going to talk about some bets in the afternoon portion of Saturday's slate. So make sure to get to a sports book, preferably DraftKings Sportsbook, if you want to make these bets. Got to make them a little bit quicker than you normally would on Saturday. Dodgers going up against the Mets. This, my friends, is a lopsided pitching matchup. We have Max Scherzer against Rich Hill. Now, in general advantage Dodgers, obviously. But Rich Hill, specifically since the All-Star break, has just been falling apart. 5.26 ERA in that span of time, backed up by a 5.99 expected FIP. 
just not good. The strikeout numbers have been non-existent. Everyone is making contact. The zone contact rate is through the roof in this span of time. Rich Hill is going to be very susceptible to getting knocked around on Saturday. And again, just the discrepancy between these two teams in every facet is crazy. I mean, it's not just Scherzer versus Rich Hill. It's the Dodgers offense versus the Mets offense. So far in August, the Dodgers lead the National League with a 124 WRC+. The Mets have a 75 WRC+. The Mets actually have the lowest slugging percentage in the National League in the month of August at 339. They can't hit, and I don't think they're going to start hitting against Max Scherzer. And I think the Dodgers are going to be able to take advantage of Rich Hill being on the mound. So I like the Dodgers' run line at minus 135. Also at minus 135 is Cleveland on the money line. And the reason I like Cleveland on Saturday is Tristan McKenzie is starting to pitch like the prospect we thought Tristan McKenzie might be. In August, he's made three starts. He's holding opponents to a 184 WOBA in that span of time. And most importantly, and most impressively for someone who has been known to have massive control issues, he's got a 20-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio in that three-start stretch. If McKenzie's not walking batters... He's suddenly one of the best 50 pitchers in all of baseball. He's got that kind of stuff, and he's looked great. I know it's a small sample, but he's looked really, really good his past three starts, where Reed Detmers, eh, he's made three starts this season at the major league level. He's got a 6.44 FIP in that span of time. The Angels are also one of only five teams in baseball in August who have a WOBA below 300. So they are not hitting. Detmers is not pitching well. McKenzie looks great. Do I trust Cleveland's offense to score McKenzie a couple runs? That's up for debate. However, I think there's value in this bet. I think they're relatively they're a relatively low favorite here. Um, I will take Cleveland on the money line at minus 135 to go with Dodgers run line also at minus 135 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. And that's going to do it. For this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network, I am Gary and Thorne, and I will catch you guys next week. 